What's up, everyone, and welcome to your destination for the biggest geek news and reactions in movies, TV, comics, and gaming. This week, we finally sit down to talk about The Boys Season 3, which made us wonder, are our rated superheroes better? We also dive into some early news drops from the first few days of San Diego Comic-Con. All that and more this week, so don't go anywhere, because I'm Chris. And I'm Don, and this is Raise the Geek. Let's go! And we are back. Welcome, everyone, to episode 65 of Raised a Geek. Hope you're ready for some violence because we are going to talk about all kinds of crazy shit this week as we're going to dive into The Boys Season 3. And I'm Chris. And always, I'm here with my buddy Don. How are we doing, man? Chris, what is up today, my friend? I'm doing okay today. Cannot complain. Everything is all right, just uh, enjoying another another day here at the tail end of a vacation of mine. Off of so I'm coming off a week off of work. Uh, they, people usually ask you if you feel extra relaxed when you get back. Like, how was vacation? My answer is always, wasn't long enough. It never <laughs> feels long enough. You always feel like you didn't leave. Now you're just further behind. But uh, that's just me being negative and complaining. So I'm okay. <laughs> I said I was okay. I don't know if I'm really okay, but I don't know. I'm okay. Yeah. Everything's good. How are you? You got that end of vacation blues. I do. I do. You're like, why did I go anywhere? But then if you stayed home and just played video games for a week, you'd still feel the same. So like, at least why you, did I at stay home? Did something. Yeah, I did something. One of the things I actually did do while I was out there, uh, just in, well, I, me and my wife, stayed with some members of her family in like a lake house in wisconsin so not too far away from where we are but um i remember i'd been talking to you previously about batman 125 yeah which is a uh new arc uh with new writer chip zadarsky who we both like uh he's written some like long long running writer on daredevil so i've been excited about his um coming on to batman as the new writer but I forgot to add it to my list and it's already been out now for what a couple of weeks. So I was like, Oh my God, I might not, by the time I get back to my shop, <clears throat> they might, they might be out of these. I want to make sure I get a copy 125. You know, usually when a new writer comes on to Batman, it's pretty hyped. Yeah. Uh, so I did find a comic book shop while I was in Wisconsin and ended up going and uh, went in kind of looking around and all the Batman 125s were empty in a little slot on the shelf. And I walked over to the, uh, so I'm kind of like, ah, oh, man, they don't have them. That sucks. And I'm walking around and the guy who runs the shop, he was like, hey, bud, can I help you find anything? I was like, oh, yeah, you guys got any uh, Batman 125? And he laughed at me. <laughs> he was like, ha, 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 ha. And I was like, OK, well, never mind. Uh, and he was like, wait, I might have one. I guess he found one in the back. OK. But, uh, the fact that he laughed at me makes me <laughs> was made me upset. It's like, it's like that. Uh, it's like that stereotype comic book owner humor like you know what i mean attitude like laughing at your customers and being like comic book guy from the simpsons yeah i was like this makes me appreciate my comic book store i go to normally even more because i treat everybody like nicely and talk to people but like to laugh at your customers when they ask you if you have a book is like kind of like all right dude i don't want to be in here anymore this place looks like a garage sale anyway which a lot of comic book stores do uh but anyway that was my little story. That's I did end crazy. up getting Batman 125, though. Okay, because I was about to say, I, I went to my store on Wednesday, and they had, still had a pile of them. 
Um, yeah. One variant cover it had like some clear cover that went over the top and it had an overlay. It was kind of cool. I almost just picked it up just that, to grab. That it. is the one. That is the one he ended up having for me. That oh, I is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say there was a bunch. I almost shot you a text um, just to say, hey, did you find that? Because I can grab it for you, and since I'll be in town next week, I can bring it. So. Well, I also got to my comic book, my regular comic book shop the next day to pick up my, when I got home yeah. to, uh, to pick up my pull list, which was like three weeks full at this point. So I wanted to go get them and they had plenty of copies of 125. <laughs> so I didn't have to, I didn't have to go through all that, but I didn't know. So, oh yeah, you, you never know. know. Lesson learned. You never know. Yeah. I was excited for that. I, I re-added Batman to my pull list to, mm-hmm. I'm like, I guess I said, Chip Zdarsky is going to get me back into it. So if you could put Batman and then me and the girl who was working there, the comic book manager, we're trying to figure out if that book was bi-weekly again, because the 2125 came out August 5th. Right. And there's no, there was no new one this week, which she was like, there should be. And the next one's not till or sorry, it was July 5th and the next one's like August 5th. But then she said it goes bi-weekly after that. So yeah, interesting. We'll see how it how it goes and what it how long he sticks with it. But uh, Tinian's done. Sadarsky's in. Chris is back. Yeah, usually when and even there was even a guy between Tinian and Zadarsky, like Josh Williamson, who I didn't like that much either. Um, but yeah, usually when they get a new guy, it's usually like a minimum 12 issues, like a year. Yeah, so hopefully yeah. we get like to see what chip can do with the character like i said i really loved what he has done with daredevil the past few couple years so um yeah. batman seems like an easy transition to another street level character who you can really tell some awesome stories with so looking forward to it yeah i enjoyed 125 when i read it and said you know what i'm back baby <laughs> <laughs> i'm back baby i'm back i'm back so don comic-con's going on right now like literally have the twitter feed up waiting for these big news drops and trailers and what's going on which we're going to have to react to a little bit later once we get a full picture of what is coming out of the show we did get some news that was dropping earlier so i think we need to dive into that but Mm -hmm. so you don't miss our full comic-con coverage make sure you like subscribe and follow this podcast on all social media and podcast services hit us up on the social media instagram and twitter at raised a geek or you can shoot us an email if you want to join the conversation over at raised a geek at gmail.com and make sure you can become part of the show and you don't want to miss us babble about uh comic-con so subscribe <laughs> absolutely and as always thank you for listening we appreciate it 100 percent. want to thank everybody too for the love that we were getting for our stranger things episode we had where we sat down with our loved ones to talk a little stranger things we had a lot of fun doing that and everyone's been coming out pretty strong really pushing that one to the top and and giving that a listen so i hope you all enjoyed it out there so thank you for that yeah and thanks for listening to us trash thor too after that <laughs> we, yeah yeah we, we trashed <laughs> thor pretty hard that's okay uh we're gonna bring some love here this week i think so love love is coming back but let's talk about some early comic-con news that started dropping because comic-con started thursday we're at saturday let's see um talk about some of the stuff the little things that were announced those first couple days one of the big things that came out of comic-con we're going to do a little bit of marvel news because obviously they're one of the big heavy hitters coming out of comic-con and uh, Culture Crave tweeted out that Marvel trademarked some uh, titles for things, hinting mm-hmm. at possible Phase 4 motivations, which we did get done talking about with Thor. Uh, you want to hear us talk about Phase 4 and what the hell's going on? 
listen to that Thor episode last, you know, issue uh, 64 or episode 64. I've got comic books on the brain, but <laughs> here are some uh, Marvel trademarks you sent me over that uh, they did this week. One is Avengers Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. One is Avengers the King Dynasty. Uh, Captain America New World Order, Multiverse Saga, and Thunderbolts. Yes. What do you think? Oh, I <laughs> heard you take a breath. What so do I, I think? <gasps> no, yeah. Um, yeah, this is cool. I know. I think they've done this in previous years. Um, kind of trademarked a bunch of things thinking that these could all be working titles for things that they yeah, might yeah. get that they can get to they just want to make sure they lock them down before anybody else can come in and do something you know oh sne- yeah. sneaky or underhanded and try to be like it's our trademarked whatever yeah so i mean the, the, those urls yeah they definitely do um this could be a way to throw people off too a lot of people think there's a lot of fan theories out there that secret wars is the next big um kind of collision crossover kind of thing they're going to get to here and as we all know that we've also think that Kang could be a big bad so I think they're locking down that name too like maybe we can get to those so just because these have been trademarked doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be used we've seen the things about Thunderbolts that's probably that one's probably pretty secure um but yeah man it's interesting that especially that they do it like the day before their uh San Diego Comic-Con Hall H presentation is interesting as well um so I don't know, man. It's just kind of a little more breadcrumbs, little a little trail for us to follow and see if we can piece some things together about the future of the MCU. Don't they have a Secret Wars show for Disney Plus? Isn't that the Sam Jackson show? No, that's going to be um, Secret Invasion, which is like a cr- the the crawl scrolls. Okay, that's like a scrolls thing. Yeah. Um, and Secret Invasion and Secret Wars are like two separate, gotcha. two separate things. Yeah, Secret Wars is more of a. It's a multiverse timeline thing where you have the kind different- of thing. Yeah, where like it's Doctor Doom is the big bad in the comics of that, and it's like a tournament, a fight of all these characters like coming. It's it's a complicated. There's been a couple like two different Secret Wars. I think they're gonna try to make adapt the one that's more recent uh, that I, Jonathan Hickman wrote i believe uh but yeah dr doom's the big bad in that and no people are like well for the mcu they could change it to kang or maybe it will be dr doom so i don't know we'll see um but yeah it's all very interesting yeah i'd like to see where they're going with some of that some of those things but i like some of the names like i i enjoy the idea of talking about the captain america 4 and constantly going new new do world order <laughs> <laughs> yeah for life captain america for life well, that, that's cool, though, that we're also a little more, a little closer to ensuring that there will be a Captain America 4 movie. Yeah, I know it's always kind of been the thing, but seeing all this chatter about that now is cool. Uh, I'd like to see a Cap 4 with like, you know, let's see what uh, old Anthony Mackie, old Falcon Captain America can do in a feature film. Um, so that's interesting to me in itself. I just hope for that film, they bring back the like spy espionage feel mm-hmm. that the original Captain America movies had as the Russo brothers did with uh, Winter Soldier and Civil War, where they had a little bit more intrigue. And like I said, almost feel, felt like a spy movie. I really yeah. hope they bring that feel back because Falcon and the Winter Soldier did not have that feel. And I really, hope, much, no. I really yeah. hope they bring back that. That's what made those movies really good was that they had that 
like genre feel behind it that made it different than just a superhero film. It felt like a real movie. <laughs> yeah, especially Winter Soldier. Like Civil yeah. War, I get it is like has a similar feel, but that's also like a big. That's like Avengers two point five or yeah, whatever you call it. But Winter Soldier, man, feels like a straight up spy movie. Go watch that movie. There's like no humor in there. Mm -hmm. There's no jokes. It's just a straight up action spy thriller with Captain America and Black Widow and Nick Fury fighting a cyborg Winter Soldier. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that's why I still love that movie. Yeah, that was good stuff. Absolutely. We did get some actual bummer news come out of the Marvel animation hallway uh, or announcement or meeting or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, because my mind went blank. Mm-hmm. But uh, X-Men 97 isn't premiering until fall of 2023, man. Fall of 2023. That's like over a year away. I don't want to wait that long for that. Yeah. So what's that, like 18 months? That seems like far, way too far. Should have been fall of this year uh yeah they announced it what like two years ago i know i'm glad we finally got some images they they did show some images of what these characters look like and it does look similar to the 90s cartoon just kind of revamped modernized a little bit yeah uh rumors that magneto's the leader of the x-men instead of professor x and there's different members like bishop and and sunspot and cable and uh some some weird things they're gonna do there but yeah man that date Ugh, too far too far i agree i'm yeah, I was hoping for that was a typo when you texted me <laughs> right yeah yeah oh and well then, at least we know it's still coming yeah i'm super pumped for it i'm i'm ready for that gives me more than enough time to try to rewatch all the original mm-hmm. i wanted to do that before that one started so right. and i haven't even tried so well you got and time. the other the other thing was what if season two was announced so i mean that can be cool but once again, kind of comes back to I didn't really enjoy What If Season 1. Um, so comes back to the discussion we had during Thor where it's like, are these things connected? And is it bad if they don't? You know, so I think we yeah. wanted What If to be a little bit more of a picture into the multiverse and a little bit more coming off of Loki. And they didn't really do that. Granted, they've said that they've tried. They did have uh, Captain Carter show up in live action and they had Zombie Strange show up. So it's like they're trying but is it enough? And then once again, should that matter? Should I be able to just enjoy it for what it is? So I'd be curious to see what kind of stories they're going to tell. That could be obviously a bigger part. I mean, I won't lie to you. I, I'll watch what if season two, but we've, we've gone on record as saying we didn't really love season one that much. Um, but I mean, the action, the animation were always cool to me from that show. Yeah. So that's enough reason, I guess, to kind of give a new batch of episodes another chance. But yeah, season one, I was kind of, we both have said we had a couple episodes about it. We felt kind of blah about that show in general. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Wait and see. Wait and see. I'm sure we're going to have a lot more Marvel news coming out once their panel gets going here. Panel. That's the word I was looking for from earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as I'm aware, that's not going right now. But we will get you our thoughts on whatever they announce. Hopefully we get some cool stuff. You think we're going to get some more phase four confirmation as to like what the main story is or... We'll see. I don't know. We've we've kind of yeah. we've kind of did our gone through our, our wishes here. Yeah. yeah, Black Panther, Wakanda rumors of a trailer, but I don't want to speculate. We'll just have to wait and see. We will talk about that later. Um, some other things coming out of Comic Con that aren't related to Marvel is we did get a trailer for Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves. 
Thieves movie, which is a movie I didn't know was existing with <laughs> Hugh Grant as the bad guy, Chris Pine as kind of like the main hero, Justice Smith, who was in Detective Pokemon and one of those Jurassic World movies. Um, the little girl from It. I don't know her name. Yes, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. The, the redheaded the, girl. The main kid, the main kid female from the, It. Yeah. yeah. Um, so don't forget Michelle a, Rodriguez, your favorite. Oh, yeah, Michelle Rodriguez was in that too. <laughs> throwing people around yeah i was surprised at how much i actually enjoyed this trailer it looked like a good time i was like huh we were t- talking about fantasy coming off of like we got the game of dragon throne thing trailer what the hell is that show called house of dragons house of, house of the dragon i had eye of the dragon in my head which isn't right i have the tiger i have the tiger but um so we had you know we were having this discussion about game of thrones versus lord of the rings having a show on at the same time and then to see dungeons and dragons just kind of come out of nowhere and be like let's show you how we do it and having it yeah and they really in my opinion just kind of really laid it all out as like this is what this movie is going to be it had like a fun tone i'm sure it's not going to be good but it didn't look (laughs) bad like i was i originally saw the trailer and i was like i'm not even going to watch that trailer like i had zero interest even looking at the trailer and my brother always like he sent me a link. And he was like, watch this trailer. And I was like, fine, fine. So I put it on and it looked fun. It was just kind of, they had fun music and the special effects looked top notch. So yeah, could be a fun hour and a half. If- Possibly. Um, I think you're right in that. This is the one where if Lord of the Rings and, and house of the dragon are getting the bulk of the conversation as you know traditional serious fantasy a new fantasy series for people who want a dramatic storytelling of a fantasy tale dungeons and dragons is kind of like like hey we're the we're the goofy one over here in the corner like we're the one that's not going to take ourselves too seriously we're playing like you know hair metal in our in our trailer instead of um what you would expect like medieval colonial whatever music here's here's our hair metal song and our um you know of uh, Chris Pine cracking jokes and throwing people around. So at least I can give them that they know what kind of movie they're going to be. They're not going to pretend to be like a prestige um, fantasy movie mm-hmm. or anything. They, they just kind of want to be like, Hey, we're the fun, loud, bombastic one. That's like, we want to be the blockbuster. We want to be your, you know, fantasy Marvel movie or fast and the furious movie or whatever you want to call it. We want to be that kind of movie. Um, so I don't fault them for that. Now, will I go see it? Probably not. <laughs> it looks kind of just like, yeah, too silly for me. But hey, I can't fault them for what they're trying to put out there. What? And two things. One, I think they lucked out the fact that they went this route because if they decided that this movie was going to be serious and they dropped that trailer now, right in the middle of Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones, I think they would have been demolished and they would not be part of a conversation. No one would talk about them. It would just be like, oh, do you see them trying Dungeons and Dragons? And everyone, I don't, for whatever reason, I don't think it would get the, the time of day that the other two would get just being bigger franchises within like media, you know, mm-hmm. TV, film. Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones are going to dominate the conversation over Dungeons and Dragons. Sure. I think the other thing too that you have to think about is if Dungeons and Dragons as a game, when people play that, it's role-playing where you're playing it as your character. So you know how many people are playing that game where they are cracking jokes, have hair metal on. Like they, you create that character to be what you want it to be or an extension of yourself. So I think so many people probably play it where it's a lot more loose and a lot more like, you know, in 
media, you see nerds playing Dungeons and Dragons and they're like, we're taking it seriously. And we're going to put on our cloaks and our adventure music and we're going to be elves and be dorks. But I imagine the majority of people who are playing are going to be a little bit more loose with it. You know, you have some drinks or depending on what other things you like to partake in and you just have a good time with your friends doing stuff. And I think that movie trailer at least showed a little bit more of that side of it, as opposed to taking itself too seriously. Yeah. That's all very interesting. You got to imagine they're also probably trying to take advantage of stranger things just ending. And that's like what puts dungeons and dragons into people's minds. Mm-hmm. Like people who've never thought about that before, they kind of know what that. Oh, I know what that is. That's what uh, that's yeah. what Eddie Eddie plays. That's what Dustin plays. And then like also Eddie, the super popular characters into this metal music. So like, let's put a metal song on the trailer. Uh, so yeah, they're smart for that one. I, I'm not going to fault them for that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, one of the other things I wanted to talk about because I just it just kind of got me excited. But and we've talked about it here before every once in a while. But uh, there is a comic book called Berserk that Keanu Reeves co-writes um, Berserker. Berserker. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. It's spelled with no it is, vowels. It is, it's so it's hard to, it, yeah, yeah it's, there's no vowels in there. So it's hard to know exactly what they're going for here. Um, but Berserker, and we've both talked about the book before on the show, we are kind of going through, you know, enjoying it for what it is. And then they made a couple announcements here at their panel at Comic-Con. They had Keanu Reeves come out for to talk about the book and one of the things was, as you pointed out, that I even missed when I was looking it up myself was that they are working on the final issues. So it looks like this will be a short lived book, um, probably what, 12 issues? Something like that, I would imagine. Yeah. So well, just to remind people, we talk, I think we talked about Berserker like in our first episode. So this is how long. Did we, we really? Yeah. Like if you can go back to, well, I don't suggest anybody goes back to our first episode at all because it's a train wreck audio wise me for me but uh please don't listen to it but um (laughs) so i think yeah this this comic has been around for quite a while and you know has taken some breaks here but it was always interesting that keanu reeves was involved uh that he kind of had a writing credit with matt kind who's a you know renowned comic book artist so them two teaming up it's been a it's been a fun book so yeah we were both kind of interested in seeing something come out of san diego about some adaptations for this which is what they talked about because they announced Netflix has ordered two anime seasons for mm-hmm. the show and a live action show yes. version adaptation, however they want to do it. So I don't know. Is that going to be a movie or a show? The live action? I don't know if it's not a movie or a show. It, uh, I got to imagine it'd probably be a movie, but I could be wrong because it's always been the rumor that it would be developed by Keanu Reeves and starring Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Especially if you've read the book, you know, the lead character looks exactly like Keanu Reeves, like we've said before. So, I mean, this is basically a property that he created for himself. Yeah. I just think he's more likely to be starring a film than a series. Um, But Hey, who knows? I mean, it's his product. He can do whatever he wants with it. You know what I mean? If he wants to be in a show, they'll make a show. If not, he'll be in a movie and we'll just kind of have to see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see what that turns into. But that was that was exciting news. And it segues very nicely into what we're going to talk about, because it is a hyper violent book. So if you enjoy that kind of thing, yeah, that kind of thing, I was gonna say hyper violence. Again, I didn't want to back to back it, but I, I had nothing else to say. But I think, you know, it really leads to that question of if, you know, R rated superheroes stand out more. 
And I think that's perfect way to head into talking about the boys season three, because we finished that. We thought this was a great time to talk about it because you and I haven't really talked about it yet outside of little texts here and there. But before we do talk about it, we want to let you know that this episode of Raise the Geek is sponsored by Anchor.fm. After a two-year wait, the boys came back to Amazon Prime, bringing their zany, over-the-top violence and comic book realism to our the small screen. Um, I think it was about a two-year wait from between season two and three, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't wait that long because we pretty much watched season two for the first time before season three. So we kind of went right from one to the other, which was kind of fun. Um, and we didn't have to wait two years, so giddy up to us i don't know why i got all the seinfeld references in my head right now giddy up giddy up and uh i really enjoyed this season man this was this was high quality tv man this was entertaining it was one of it's been the first show in a while that i was like i can't wait for the new one and it was like it aired and i was ready to watch it as soon as i had the ability to watch it i was opening up dusting off my amazon prime button on my remote (laughs) that i never use and i was i was watching the boys season three and i enjoyed the hell out of the season man that makes two of us um probably arguably one of the better shows to come out this year um seasons of television to come out this year anyway and if if you throw season one and two into it like look at it all as a whole this show's been good like it hasn't been bad at all you know a lot of shows by the time you hit season three maybe they've had a lull or like a down a downtime i don't feel like this show's had any downtime i feel like it just keeps getting better and better every every season every episode which is kind of crazy and for for people who consume as much superhero media as we do like movies tv comics video games everything everything we like to talk about here um it's pretty wild to sit here and say that you know a property like the boys which you know me neither me or you i think knew a lot about going into this show come out of this saying you know man that's probably one of the best superhero shows to ever exist or movies or anything just like isn't that a little wild <laughs> with all the Marvel and DC content we get? And I mean, we're going to get into why, like, is it the, is it the violence of it or is just, are they just better at storytelling? Why does their show work in so many ways that these other shows don't seem to be able to work? But yeah, I mean, bottom line, I'm with you. I think this is, you know, I had a blast with season three of the boys and it's been one of my favorite watches in recent memory. Yeah. And if you, if you would have told me that, a bunch of years ago and been like hey chris in the future future chris there's, there's gonna be this stream, streaming service called disney plus and they're gonna they're gonna give you hawkeye and captain america and wandavision and we're gonna give you all of these loki show and we're gonna give you all these shows that are gonna come out almost back to back to back mixed in with some star wars shows but you know what your favorite one's gonna be the boys be like what the hell's the boys you're like, you're like what's the boys and I would not have believed you, but it's true. Like looking back at it, I enjoyed this more. And as you said, and as this conversation is going to hinge upon is the R rated aspect of it. Does that make that better? Cause if I sit back and think about like all the superhero shows that I've consumed over the past couple of years, what were my favorite ones? Well, the boys and the other one surprisingly was peacemaker. And that was another R rated one. And those were, I think really better than anything that the MCU put out from a superhero show standpoint, Invincible is the other one that was awesome. And that's R rated. So it's kind of crazy to think, but I don't know why, because I didn't like the suicide squad and that was R rated. 
So I don't know what it is about it that does yeah. brings that out, but I do feel it there has to be something to it. Yeah, I think there is. I think there is, and, and we'll kind of get into that after we get done, you know, praising the yeah. boys a little bit. I think there definitely is something to it. Uh, you can even go back so far as back to like Daredevil, Netflix, you know, mm -hmm. pushed the pushed the violence further than uh, these these recent superhero shows do and we loved daredevil probably more than any of these D disney plus shows so there is something to the that argument but i don't know since we're talking the boys just like i don't know what about it just made me keep tuning in like i just got to love all these characters that i didn't know there every everybody on this show is compelling like every single character there's you have your supporting characters like you know your deep and your a train and people who the show's never going to be built around them like members of the the boys like frenchie and kimiko like they but everybody has something that i care about when they're when they pop up on screen i'm not like ah let's get to the next guy you know what i mean like i was i'm i'm focused for that entire 60 65 minutes to what's happening to everybody and that's rare to happen in a show with a cast an ensemble cast that big that you actually care about what's happening to every single character in every single storyline and that just i think speaks to good storytelling and good a good writer's room and just people who know how to balance things and i don't know man what did what did, what did you think about all the characters in this did you what do you love about it no this season they went out of their way to almost give everybody an arc mm -hmm. and i think we're going to start here with just full-on spoilers 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 so if you haven't watched it yet and you're worried about that this is your time to check out if you don't care we're glad you're here and hanging out with us talking about Welcome. the boys season we'll tell you all about the boys all right but i liked that everybody kind of had a story this arc you know like you said frenchie yeah frenchie was frenchie and kimiko were side characters but they were both given fleshed out stories because you had frenchie and his past and his his relationship with kimiko and what they were turning into you had his past with the the russian mob that tied into the main story as well so that worked out you had Kamiko and her loss of her loss of her powers and what it meant if what she is with and without her powers, as well as all the stuff with her just, you know, almost being like a child in this world because she never had a childhood. So you had her with her story. You had M.M. with his, you know, family and his new, you know, we did a little jump and his wife was remarried, you know, so you had the step the stepdad and kind of all of that tied in with, you know, Homelander and how that was and that was really interesting and of course kind of was trying to think of the best way to say it but was kind of tied into real life events a little bit of just a real life mindset and things that we see in real life and uh, so it was very interesting to see how they tied that all in but as well as just like I said he had his own story butcher had his you know dewey and starlight had theirs you know they even brought in soldier boy and he, we got to dive into his past so like every character was fleshed out really well and you knew what they wanted what their motivations were and we know them all a little bit better and i think that was really impressive for this season and for an ensemble show that everybody was given time a train got his story with his brother and and the racial divide of you know uh, superheroes and all of the stuff that they were doing to the the black community and stuff so that was kind of interesting to see them take once again real life events and then twisting it to make it fit the superhero world so i just thought that they just 
did such a good job that it made you want to every character's story was compelling and that's that is rare yeah most definitely we agree on that and as far as like it connecting to the real world and kind of mirroring mirroring the real world that's just something that I appreciate and it sounds like you appreciate too because it's just something that other shows like this that are you know it's oh it's superheroes blah blah it's for kids like it's not this isn't and and this is like the only show to actually have the guts to do something like that is you know to actually you know comment on racism and sexism and you know MAGA culture and and do the the thing about when they did that it was in one of the earlier episodes, like with deep doing the, uh, Gail Godot video, the, like the singing, <laughs> uh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That shit, that shit was so funny, man. I was like, man, they're, they're really going there. They're just like, don't care who they're making fun of or like, you know, just mm-hmm. commenting on, uh, the show really doesn't care no. like who they're offending, who they're whatever. Um, yeah, they're made fun of celebrity culture there. They've made fun of almost poli- to a point, political yeah, they were political making fun culture, of right. both sides of political definitely d- dug hard on fox news they dug yeah. hard on uh well the guy who the guy who's like the, the vaught anchor is tucker carlson i yeah, mean just, on, just like they're totally just making fun of that guy yeah uh it's awesome <clears throat> yeah so i just it's definitely <laughs> yeah definitely just fun to see having the guts to go there it's 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 makes it all more all the more fun you know what i mean well, and all the more grounded because then the world is familiar. Like mm-hmm. it looks like that, but yeah, there's superheroes in it. And yeah, there's, there's different levels, but it's just still very a familiar setting, which I think was always kind of the appeal of the show was that it was what if superheroes were real and right. you know, there would be collateral damage. There would be this stuff. And what if the superheroes didn't care or what if, you know, they were still people and to show them as flawed characters. Yeah. It's like, what if they were assholes? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Marvel and DC, everybody's good and everybody's noble and everybody's like a hero. But like, no, what if there were just some superhero people who aren't necessarily villains, but they're just jagoffs? You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. We don't we don't see that in in our Marvel and DC stories. They don't tell those kind of stories. So for them to actually go there with this is kind of a refreshing uh, take mm-hmm. that is just you know makes it all the more enjoyable to watch. Well, and they dive into this, the idea of the low level superheroes, you know, or the ones that don't aren't on a team that don't really do anything, but they have superpowers. So it's like one of those things too, where it's like, well, what do you do when you just have people that have soup, you know, you have soups that don't pick a side. They're not good guys. They're not villains. They're just living their life, doing whatever they're doing. They just happen to have power. So to dive into that level as well is kind of interesting to see that there's just people in this world that are like, I don't want to be a superhero yeah. but i have powers so this is what I'll i'm just, gonna do yeah i'll do something i'll do whatever i really feel like doing with them like mm-hmm. have a giant you know sex orgy in the middle of the <laughs> in the middle of the desert or wherever uh hero guys in the infamous episode but uh yeah. which wasn't as crazy as i thought it was gonna be that one got a little more extra hyped on the internet like people thought it was gonna be the most outrageous thing they ever seen i mean you watch this show and you've seen a lot of outrageous stuff uh it still was, but it wasn't like blow your mind. I can't believe that ever made it past the, you know, FCC or whoever. Uh, still a fun episode there. Oh, that was a great episode because that was the one where we had the giant fight at the end with uh, mm. Soldier Boy, Dewey, and Butcher all souped up fighting Homelander and almost killing Homelander. And that was crazy. Like to yeah. see that. 
Homelander versus Huey versus um, Soldier Boy was like the fight of the year in yeah. comic book media. Any, I'll put that up against any movie or TV show that we've had so far. That was like the best use of fight superhero fight sequence. Um, that was a hell of a lot of fun. Well, I think that the reason for that, and it's the thing that this show does that I don't think anybody else does is and I think it's the reason why I keep I've kept coming back to the show and I wanted to watch the show because I I loved it every time he showed up on screen, which is Homelander. And I think this show properly, we've talked about it all the time with the MCU. They they have a villain problem, you know, their villains are paper thin. This is the best villain in like media, like across not even comic books, just this character that Anthony Starr is playing and the way that he's playing him is so sympathetic, terrifying. Just you just by this point in season three, you just never every time he was on the screen, I was scared for whoever he was in a scene with because I just had no idea what he was going to do and watching him and just wanting to come back to him. But then when you hit a scene like that in, in the hero gasm episode where they're almost getting him and watching Anthony Starr play that with this mix of cockiness slash watching it start as cockiness and turn into fear. And then realizing he was bruised and hurt. And then you see him talking to himself in a mirror and you're like, this dude is unhinged as hell. And it was scary. And it was just, it brought, brought up so many emotions that just villains don't normally do. And it just was so good. And every time I wanted to come back, cause I wanted to see what was going to happen with Homelander, you know, like he's the main villain of this show, but he just does it in such a way that it's entertaining and terrifying at the same time. And it's just, it's not done nearly often enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're right. We said this is an ensemble show, which it is. But if this is an ensemble show, everybody else is like the planets that revolve around the sun of the Homelander character. Yep. He's like the 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 straw that stirs the entire show. Um, everybody's concerned about him. Everything everybody else is doing is because it's like an answer or a counter move to whatever Homelander's doing. Um, he's just... Yeah, best character on TV right now. I think 100%. we kind of, I think we kind of even said it during our when we first talked about the first episode or two uh, about this show in an earlier episode. Like we agreed then, and I still feel the same way now. Best character on TV, killing it, like conveying every emotion you can understand, like anger, fear, like psychotica, being a sociopath, just like everything you could imagine and want from a from a fictional you know villain today he's showing you all that like where's the emmy nomination like i would i would have i think he's deserving of one probably should have got one um but yeah man not i don't want to say he's carrying the show because as we said it's a lot of people contributing here but he is like doing the the job he's doing the best job homelander's my favorite character in media right now uh that fight was awesome like you said i agree with you when he we finally because we haven't seen him ever challenged yeah and him finally soldier boy finally coming who you know they said to us is him and him and homelander equally matched they're like mirrors of each other and having them fight and finally seeing soldier boy like kind of get hurt a little bit was exciting to me as a viewer and be like oh shit like he's not invincible like he can't just walk around with his you know chest out anymore somebody finally <laughs> put a bruise on him made him bleed and just that fight was awesome. Um, yeah, dude. Love Homelander. Can't say enough good about him. 
And it got me super excited because there was a rumor that Anthony Starr, have you heard about his rumor of being Dracula in Blade, Blade for the yeah. MCU? God, how awesome would that be if that dude was Just Dracula? Let that, I know, I can't wait. I, that's one of the announcements I hope maybe we'll get to hear soon. Uh, that would be that would be amazing. That'd be an awesome rumor if they let him come in. Hopefully, hopefully he'd be written better. Like, I recognize that guy's... I recognize Anthony Starr when this show first started. Like, oh, I, I recognize that guy's face, but like, I don't remember seeing him in many things in the past. Do you? Like, no. What else has he really been in? But the dude is killing it. So, like, him getting any future opportunities, like, all well deserved. If if stuff comes his way, um, like you said, Dracula and Blade would be awesome for us as comic book fans. Mm-hmm. But even to see him like kind of jump into some other roles, I I wouldn't mind it. Well deserved. Honestly, he really hasn't done much. Like he's done some stuff, but nothing like too crazy. Ain't he was in the, he was in the movie uh, without a paddle with what was that? Seth uh, Green and Jack, Jack Shepard. <laughs> Jack Shepard. Um, he was. It looks like he spent a lot of his time on the show Banshee, which okay. I think was on like Cinemax mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. One of those okay. things. He was on American Gothic, which was another show that I know I've heard of, but I never watched. I gotcha. Well, and then the boys. So I mean, like he he's been working forever, but looks like he was even he was even in several episodes of Xeno Warrior Princess back in the nineties. So he's been around, but yeah, not nothing major. So oh, good for sense. him, a breakout role. Yeah, and it, like I said, should lead to a lot more. Should lead. He's deserving of leading to a lot more bigger stuff. Yeah, definitely. And if you have a, another side of the coin to, I guess the other main character of this show would be Butcher. Mm-hmm. Um, how have you felt about him throughout this season? He's he's like, and that kind of leads us into the next little point we wanted to make about, you know, what this whole season kind of revolved around, which is V24. And mm-hmm. so if you're talking V24, you're talking Butcher. Mm-hmm. And we kind of knew this was coming from the early posters, you know, Butcher's got glow eyes and he found a way to kind of soup himself up to kind of even the odds against Homelander. What did you feel about like his journey and, and Huey with the same thing? And, and what is, I don't know, what is V24? What does it mean to you in this show? Well, I, I like the way that they did it is because they had two characters that they focused on with the V24, like you said, with Huey and, Butcher. butcher but they both had different stories and different reasons behind the whole thing you know it's like butcher was almost to this desperate state where it's like i have to take homelander out this is a way to do it it evens the odds i can figure something out and get them and we can get rid of this dude and then you had huey taking it just because he just feels inadequate you know and he has this superhero girlfriend that's always protecting him he just doesn't feel like a man he's just very self-conscious always kind of been that dorkier person growing up never been able to stand up for himself never been able to do that and we've seen over these three seasons of him getting stronger i mean that's kind of where he started just kind of like the billy joel kind of just dude um telling stories about his mom leaving him and his dad and his dad just sitting on the couch and just like kind of slumping down there and not really ever bouncing back from that so seeing this character come out of his shell and then really culminating with this idea of now he's a soup and he has this ability and being able to, for the first time in his life, feel strong. That's super like interesting, you know, character arc. And then, like I said, you had Butcher on the other side who was doing it almost out of desperation. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I need to end this. This is what I need to do. And I feel, you know, still feels powerful, but in a different kind of way. 
and he's doing it more for out of desperation. So I just thought it was a good way to do it. And like I said, make it even the playing field a little bit, bit with Homelander and gonna, it's obviously going to push through the rest of the series with butcher now kind of taking too much and being on his deathbed from it, you know? So we ended the season with him basically being told he doesn't have much long to much longer to live because of the damage that was done to his brain from this, this medicine. So it's kind of, obviously there's going to be tons of implications that come out of that and how much more desperate is he going to be? And will V24 make a reoccurrence? You know, will he keep taking it? Like what, you know, as we push forward into season four, what, what, what does that mean for the character? Is he going to become more just like, well, I'm dying anyway, but at the same time, we were able to peer into a lot of his damage from his youth. Clearly it's been season two, his dad was there and we saw hints of that obviously in the, it wasn't the hero gasm episode when he got put in that coma by the, that I think it was the episode before that, but when we oh. got, when he got trapped in his dream, Mm-hmm. and really got to see with his brother and see all those ties that he looks at Huey like his brother and to see that he actually does care for something and all of those things, you know, we've seen a little bit with, which I cannot remember. What is the kid's name? Uh, for Homelander's son? Yeah. Is that who you're talking about? Ryan, I think. Yeah, Ryan. You know, mm-hmm. to see him at, you know, the end of season two care for Ryan and being like, hey, this is not my kid, but it's my wife's son. She loves him. I'm going to try to take care of him. And to see that kind of fall apart on him, but him still try, you know, he still wanted that kids to love him and he still wanted to do what was best for him. So there's just a lot of good. We saw a lot of good of Butcher this season. And, and then it was tied in with the V24. So like I said, I thought it was a great, great arc for both, both of the V24 users. Yeah. Oh, well said. I think that Butcher's Butcher was the character that this season got the most character growth expansion and like exploration of his origin and history and how he came to be who he is. So it kind of gives you a better idea of why he's doing what he's doing. Uh, I liked the V24 storyline. I, I always, you know, for the, through the first two seasons, I was always like, <clears throat> the boys is an interesting idea, but how do they ever really plan to put a dent in the seven by just being, you know, humans, except for, you know, Kamiko's got her little powers here and there, but she's, you know, just the brawler. What's she going to do to Homelander? So finally being able to see like, you know, Butcher finally being able to do what Homelander can do and and Huey wanting to prove that he's worthy and and not just a, you know, helpless boyfriend to a soup and seeing him be able to do some stuff. And some of the scenes with him and his abilities were funny and cool. Um, it had me thinking during the show, though, like I get it why they didn't do it, but why wouldn't they just give then also the V24 to Frenchie and MM and be like, hey, let's all power up for one night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and go take on Homelander, kill him, because it's all of us versus him. We're all soups now. It was, but I understand why. I mean, MM's never going to do that. He's against superheroes, but at the same time, so so is Butcher. You know, he was always anti-soup until maybe he's just a little more, you know, sketchy and able to able to cross that boundary that MM wasn't able to cross. Yeah, but, um, I think it just had to do with the shame, just like this is a thing that I'm doing and he really didn't want to let anybody know about it. And I think he enjoyed it, but knew he shouldn't. So then it became this thing that you want to hide. You know, you're like, well, this is a part of me I don't want to share with people, especially if you know people are going to disapprove of what you're doing. You know, Frenchie already being an addict, giving him another drug probably isn't the best idea and you know he does care for all of them so to keep them safe he doesn't care about what happens to himself but he wants 
other people, you know, he didn't offer it to Huey. It was, he just figured it out and he did it on his own. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think, you know, Butcher liked not being alone in that scenario. So he kind of let that happen, but I don't, I just think it was just a shame thing. He just didn't want to, he didn't want them to be hurt. He didn't want them to, he just really wants to do it on his own. He's prideful, but yeah, it realistically, yes. To be like, all right, let's have a meeting. Let's all, uh, let's all take this, go kill this dude and be done. Yeah, it could have went down that way in my mind, but I know they had to tell their story the way they had to tell it. But either way, it worked out for me. I, I just I love the show from start to finish. Just who can't recommend it enough. If you if you don't have a wheezy stomach, again, you can take a little bit of, you know, gore and grotesqueness and and whatever. Um, I just think the storytelling is there, rated R or not. Even if this was a PG 13 and you took away all the the blood and gore, but you still had the same story telling, it would still work. Uh, that's how good of a show I think this has been and is. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. And because even when you think back to like just the show in general, this season, you know, every season's been bigger. And this one, they obviously pushed their envelope. We talked about in the our, our episode where we talked about the first episode, we talked about the whole thing with Termite climbing inside a man and doing all that stuff. Um, we talked about that scene. Um, but we in, if you even think about this scene, we had a giant musical number in this one. Mm-hmm. We had a um, we had the hero gasm, which is once again R rated. The musical one wasn't. There was one other like big like set piece thing that they did, but I cannot remember what it is now off the top of my head. I had it a minute ago. Now it's gone. Uh, it'll it'll come back to you. But yeah, they did a lot of different stuff, like some emotional things with Kimiko and Frenchie, like some touching moments between them, and and uh, a lot of character building that wasn't just didn't all just have to be violence. You know what I mean? Yeah, and just making you know just making the show bigger and i'm super pumped to see what they do for season four to make it bigger but you know when you're talking about the violence you know we got an announcement this week that deadpool one and two and logan were all added to disney plus and i mean those are the rated rest of r for superhero movies Mm -hmm. um they're on par with the boys for the most part um being added to disney plus which is kind of something that i don't think anybody actually thought and even opening up disney plus and seeing them in the banner was kind of weird yes it was like Deadpool's just sitting here for anybody to to just click next to the Disney logo. Yeah. It was really, really weird. But, you know, seeing that they also announced that that Marvel animation panel, that Marvel zombies is going to be a show they're getting season one and it's going to be rated TV mature for blood gore violence. So you're like, Oh shit. Okay. So Marvel's here leaning into the violence, which they've never really done before outside of those Netflix shows. So then it's like, does that make any of those things better? You know, Deadpool and Logan, at least the first Deadpool are, are considered some of the most better superhero movies. We've talked about the boys and Peacemaker being the best superhero shows that we watched this year, which is surprising. Yeah. So, I mean, is it really just R rated? Is it the violence? Is it the adults? Are they able to tell different styles of stories or is it just, cause I mean, if you look at both Peacemaker and the boys, if you take away a little bit of the language and took away the violence, would it made the show worse? Uh, it's hard to say. Cause it's hard to say. I and know. I knew we were going to talk about this and it's hard to answer. It's a hard question to answer because we, we can only look at these things from our demographic. Yeah. We are, you know, 39, 40-year-old men who grew up watching Terminator and Predator and and all these all these action movies we shouldn't have probably watched with, you know, violence and 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 blood and everything. And that's just kind of like when when 
I can also compare it to the comic books I read. I read a lot of non Marvel DC books and yep, a lot of yep. books you read that are non Marvel DC push those boundaries, push those R rated boundaries, like books for image and boom studios. Like we read something that's killing the children. That book's bloody as hell. I'm reading, you know, knock tear up stairs earlier. And, and a, it's a book written by Scott Snyder. Who's wrote, written the clean Batman books, but in his book, Noctera, people's heads are blowing up from getting shot. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just the kind of entertainment. I'm not saying it enhances the story for us, but it just depends on what, if, you know, it's kind of just what you're looking for. Sometimes I'm looking for a PG 13, you know, uh, miss marvel type show but other times i just want the action to like hit me a little harder in the way that the boys did so i don't know deadpool and logan are good examples but those are just i think good movies even without the violence but the violence does enhance them like i mean we loved logan because we've never seen hugh jackman's wolverine's claws go through someone's chest before and blood go everywhere and that's just what you imagine wolverine actually being able to do you know what i mean um, that was always the biggest complaint with Wolverine. It's like he has claws and you watch using them to kill anybody. Yeah. And then you just like now going back and watching like X2. I mean, he sliced up some people in that. They just didn't have the blood, you know. Right. So, I mean, violence was still there. But, yeah, you always just wanted to see Wolverine rip people to shreds. And you just never really got to see that. They did that in the Wolverine video game, which mm-hmm. was crazy as hell when I watched played that game. That game was fun as hell, being super violent. And Logan, yeah, just to actually finally see that was just something that I think was just something we thought we'd never see. So super, super cool. Yeah, and the same same goes for Deadpool. I mean, read some Deadpool comics. They're they're bloody. He shoots people. He he beheads people. He's got swords. He's not afraid to. You know, he's a mercenary who kills. Yeah. In the comic book, so. To have that transfer over into the movies was needed, I think, for that yeah. character. That that's the only way Deadpool works, um, you know. Yeah. Um. So that movie combined with jokes that are actually funny, you know, <clears throat> Thor. But um, that's that's why that movie, you know, worked. And you know, hats off to Disney for kind of. I don't want to say pushing their morals to the side because we all know Disney's a family friendly company, but to be like, listen, we know what made Deadpool work. We're not going to mess with it. We want Deadpool three to kind of, I just feel like they didn't want the backlash of a Deadpool three that's PG 13 coming out and like them being a laughing stock. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, hats off to them for taking Deadpool one and Deadpool two and throwing them up there and be like, Hey, here they are on Disney plus, you got to put in a parental code to watch it, but here it is, whatever, you know, no apologies. Um, so I think they get the power of an R rated superhero film as well, that some people just want that and enjoy that. And you got to kind of have both. Did you ever watch the Deadpool two Christmas edition, the PG 13 one? No, uh uh-uh. neither did I. I always wanted to because I was just curious to see how what they did and been, yeah. what changes and if it still held up. But I just I just remember I don't remember much about that movie. I know I went and saw it when it came out in theaters and I've never watched it again. So I don't. Yeah, I don't remember anything about it, but I did always want to check that out just to see if it changed my thought of the movie. Like if it was like, oh, I enjoy it better not being a violent or I'd like it less, you know? Yeah. It would have been a good thing to think about before we had this conversation. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there's, there's some things you can't say that rated R just makes a superhero thing better. Cause there's cases where that's not true. 
mm-hmm. you know we we had an episode about blade three wasn't that rated r and it was one of the worst movies ever yeah, um yeah. so just because a movie is rated r doesn't mean it's going to be good by any means the same thing saying if a if a, if a superhero movie is pg-13 that i'll meet automatically means it's a kiddie movie that i don't want to watch yeah like we were just talking about winter soldier which is pg-13 that's not a rated r movie but it's freaking awesome start yeah. to finish so it, it all kind of just boils down to storytelling still yeah. regardless of your level of violence yeah but just speaking for me i like a mixture of seeing both i like my r-rated stuff when appropriate and i like my pg-13 stuff when appropriate yeah i think it's just what the story entails jupiter's legacy was another like adult more oriented mm-hmm. one and i didn't like it yeah, it was trash so yeah, i just did not like it but you know it was fun to just fun to see the shift a little bit and it's just was kind of thought invoking when we were sitting when i'm sitting here thinking about these shows and realizing well the disney plus shows i really haven't been enjoying them as much as i really thought i should mm-hmm. and then yeah when i think of peacemaker and the boys being the ones that i did enjoy more it's just kind of it's like is it just the rated r but i think they're just they're telling different stories and they i think the bigger thing too when you look at both of those shows is the characters you know, they dove into those characters. We knew in Peacemaker, we knew who all those characters were. We knew what made them tick. They all had emotional arcs and stuff. And then when you watch Moon Knight, did anybody really get an emotional arc in that movie? No, no. Miss Marvel. I mean, there's little bits here and there. You know, I mean, a lot of these shows, there's just, you have little moments, but they're all hinged on stuff that happened in other movies. Or, you know, you had Hawkeye, who's still sad about Natasha's death and still carrying that thing around but it still wasn't in the show. So, so much was still hinging on other stuff. It's just kind of random. I think Marvel, I mean, we can agree. Marvel is still trying to figure out how to properly, as much as praise as we give the Disney plus shows and, and on some of these like Loki and WandaVision, like the ones that really worked, the ones that don't work, I we they're still figuring out how to work the TV model. I think in ways that peacemaker and the boys know how to do yeah. and knew how to do from the jump. Yeah. Like it just feels like a more complete show. Some of these Disney plus things like moon Knight, uh, you're just used as an example. So I'll use, they, they just feel like they tried to do a, you know, a six hour movie. Yeah, and that's yeah. just not how TV should go. It's different. It's a different medium. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Each, each so episode has to have kind of a beginning, middle and an end. Yeah, you can tell the same story, but you still need to have the rise and fall of an, of an, of a full complete story. And these aren't doing that. So it may kind of throws it off. You're like, what happened in this episode? Mm-hmm. I think they're still working out King with some of these. Um, first step might to be give some of these shows more than six. Like give them eight, stretch it out a little bit. Don't don't rush everything then again. So I'm just, my head is spinning. And I'm like, what's going on? I don't even know what's going on anymore. Um, I don't know. But we're getting off on a tangent here, but I, I get it. Peacemaker and the boys worked because they were rated R, but I think they also worked even if they weren't rated R. So I don't know. Yeah. I think that's a good way to, to put it and probably end the conversation there because that makes the most sense Um, as, and I think that's the biggest thing is if you take away the violence, is the story still good? And the answer for at least both of those was yes, it didn't need that. Yeah. Maybe the jokes were funny. They were able to tell a little bit raunchier jokes in Peacemaker because of that. They're able to hit a little bit heavier and some of the, the real world references in the boys, because they're able to take it to the next level 
and really show you how some certain behaviors leads to and what it can lead to. And they're really taking that to you. So because they're able to take it to that next level, everything hits harder or funnier, mm -hmm. depending on which direction you want to go with it, where they don't always do that. But I think this overall story in the characters is why we're here and why we still like the show. We just got done talking about the boys season three and everything came down to the characters. We loved every single one of those characters and their story arcs and what they did and what they were forced to do or what they chose to do. And that was all engaging regardless of if they, you know, murdered somebody in a horrific, violent fashion or told a joke or did something exactly. inappropriate, like, you know, make love to an octopus. <laughs> oh boy. Ugh, uncomfortable. Yeah, I didn't really need those things. But <laughs> no, 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 me neither. <laughs> there was a lot with the deep I didn't really need, but yeah, I still hate the deep. He could be gone. I don't really give. Uh, he he still bothers me. Yeah, I think they just like to deprave him for, yeah, or like demean him for comedic effect and like really That's punish the character. But I just don't need to see it or him. Like I, <laughs> he doesn't yeah. bring anything for me. But regardless, it's still as you said, he's still involved in very interesting scenes and big yeah. moments so like i said he still plays his part so i'm, I'm okay with it for the overall arching arch arc of the story so what is your opinion out there of our rated superheroes is it better do you just like the violence do you like the story let us know hit us up uh, email over at raisethegeek.com or uh Hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at Raise the Geek. Our Instagram is starting to take off. So thank you all for who've jumped out over there. We're getting a lot of interactions. So we'd love to see it. So shoot us a message. Let us know what you think about our rated superheroes. And, and the boys. Will, and the boys. Definitely boys season three. Ready for season four. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. We'll be here for it. Um, and then we will be back when as soon as possible or at some point once we get a little bit more information on what's coming out of comic-con this weekend and we'll either talk about it on our next episode and or we might end up having to do some bonuses but Ooh. bonuses you all bonuses. like bonuses don't you who doesn't don't like you? bonuses right right but i think that's gonna do it for us this week so for raise the geek i'm chris and i'm done and thanks for checking out the show where geek is all we speak <laughs>